Yes. Yes. Hello, it's me, British Hoops. I'm back. I've barely ever been on the podcast, but it's nice to be here. My friend British Teason's been on so much more. But here I am. How are you doing? Did you ever have a great St. Crispin's season? In, indeed. Indubitably. Is how I would say it, yes. Uh, how was yours? Oh, it was quite lovely. Yeah? Yes, the whole crew was there. British Schneck. <laughs> British Cushman. <laughs> British Ethan. Nice. And the others. <laughs> and the others, All the course. British versions of us. Nice. How do you do? I, I do well, thank you. How do you do? <laughs> Very fine. Very fine. Where I I apologize for my my brazenness, but where is this going, British hoops? Well, you've got to say something witty, and then I'll say, "Oh yes, very witty, very droll." Oh, I get it, because wit's all been done before. That's where this is going. I see. Yeah, that's, yes, that's the song <laughs> you're doing. Actually, we're doing. I'm your new co-host. Oh no. I kind of think I'd like Big Danny news back, this episode. <laughs> and it's that I, British Hoops, am here. Yikes. Permanently. Oof. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sadie Hawkins Pod. Yes, hello, oh, it's no. me, your new co host, <laughs> no, British I Hoops. I don't know what that intro was. <laughs> I was just going to get into something like, oh, yes, very witty, very droll, but you weren't giving me anything. If you said the most basic thing, I was going to be like, oh, yes, very witty. Gotcha. That's British hoops. Gotcha. Right. You have a game up on your phone right now. It's very oh, I distracting. Do. Sorry. I was playing Pick Cross and I didn't close it. I now I didn't think about the idea of there being an entire British Reliant K parallel universe. Amazing. I have to create all the characters, wow. all the British characters from all the iterations of the band. Dave, <laughs> Brian, Warren, the the Air for Free guys that we never talk about. Right. <laughs> We're going to figure all of them out. Anyway, yes, so uh, welcome back to the podcast. April's having a drink. <laughs> You enjoying yourself? So, uh, episodes out late this week. Sh- should we bury the? Should we bury the lead? We, you want to bury which the to lead? bury us or the lead? <laughs> us or the lead. <laughs> so, if you've been following us on social media, I guess we'll just put it out there in Front Street. If you've been following us on social media, then we have very good news. We are pregnant. It's actually it's it's finally happened. We've been talking about it for a while. We, we had trouble. We struggled. We had difficulty, you know, conceiving for many years. And so we've been taking it. We opened up and we mentioned it. So it's finally happening. That's right. You're the one who's pregnant. You talk about it. <laughs> IVF like really came up. through for us. <laughs> yes. They have been, thanks. Um. All I know is that I, it's not that hard on me. I just sit there on the couch and every once in a while I hear in the next room, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, are you okay? I'll come hold your hair in a second. Let me finish this round of pick, pick cross. 
<laughs> so yeah, we've I'm finally been... to the second trimester. The nausea is uh, supposed to die down a little. Didn't today though. <laughs> yeah, we've been pregnant for a while. You've we, we've yeah. been pregnant for a while, we're but we didn't weeks. want to talk about it forever. Right. So now we're ready to talk about it. So thank you to everyone who's prayed for us, who thank sent you us so your much. thoughts and everything. Uh, we're due in July, which is coincidentally the mathematically when we would run out of Reliant K songs. Oh my goodness. So Reliant K has to conceive of more music. It's true. <laughs> Absolutely. But the other news is, and the other news is that like, because of our lives getting super busy, we're still devoted to doing this podcast, but we're going to slightly restructure what we're doing because obviously these episodes come out later and later in yeah, the week. We, we don't every keep night this out. week. We were like, <laughs> hey, do we record tonight? No, do we Monday night? Do we record? No, Tuesday night? Do we record? No, Wednesday night? Do we record later and later all the time? Dan so, works in, in accounting, so my the beginning job, of the year is really, really my busy new job for has him. gotten is getting more and more challenging in good ways. So to give us more space to breathe, and also because we're and we're getting towards the end of the Reliant K song list, we have six months worth of direct material left. We've decided yeah. to April. <laughs> April's not happy with this decision, but we decided to go every two weeks for the foreseeable future. But we're going to ramp up what's happening on Patreon. We're actually it doesn't ultimately reduce the number of episodes. No, it does reduce the number of episodes we do. But we're just we're finding it an incredible struggle to record every week and record two Patreons. It's already almost the 20th and we don't have a single Patreon episode this week. So oh my gosh, you're patrons right. and people who aren't patrons, if you're going to miss us if we're going to this two, twice a week format, Join up at Patreon because basically it's going to be like you never miss us. It's going to be still get your two episodes. It's going to be regular free episode on a song, Patreon episode the next week, the week after that, regular free episode on a song in that cycle. So instead of like us, yeah, like <laughs> trying to find time to record regular episodes and then taking all month to record Patreon episodes, we're basically going to give the patrons. A more stable, you know. I hope to give our child a stable <laughs> rearing. I hope. Well, now I'm going to give our. We're going to give our patrons a more stable, reliable thing where you're going to get a Patreon episode every two weeks. A more stable, weeks. reliable Jay. Exactly. Yes. Hey, reliable Jay, Josh, you're out there. It's been a while. Now's the time to step up. You can like usurp us. We're weak. We're hobbling to the finish line. <laughs> Anyway, well, I'm so excited. We're super excited, and it's amazing that we're yeah. pregnant. And we made it official. We announced it on Facebook. Jessica's on Facebook. I announced it on Facebook. Got tons and tons of likes and mentions and comments from people. And thank you all for all of your your good vibes and yeah. thoughts and prayers you've sent. Thank you so much. Thank every thanks to everybody. And how are you feeling, Jess? How are you feeling? Excited. So but, excited. Good. <laughs> A little sick, but you yeah, know, excited. <laughs> we've seen the ultrasounds, yep. and yeah, we've been wanting to talk about it with everybody, but we couldn't. We were waiting, especially after yeah. if you listen to the, you know the history of why this has been such a big deal, and we've been waiting so long. 
we wanted to make sure to wait until it felt right to talk about it. Yeah. And this is the right time. I'm still time. getting used to it. I'm still like right. sort of holding back like my emotions. <laughs> it's funny because, yeah, we were like being kind of guarded with our emotions as we were working through this, the first, as you were working through the first trimester. But like once we officially announced it and I put it on Facebook, oh, and Jessica put this picture together if you saw it on our social media where it says Baby Leary rocking onto the scene July 2023. And then Jessica bought an off brand, like a red, <laughs> red bubble, like a red bubble <laughs> bootleg mm-hmm, onesie. There's no Reliant K official onesies, at least not right now. Right. So we made it a big tie. We, there's there's so many ways we could have like announced it, but we made it a tie-in with the podcast. You know yeah. what I mean? And that's surprising when you consider that we hardly ever spend time recording this podcast <laughs> anymore. What is not a big part of our life anymore? I'm just kidding. We're going to get serious about You're it. You're all still a big part of our lives. I feel like now that we've announced it, we can start to like, uh, I don't know. It's like, it's, it's almost like I was in a waiting pattern. Like I didn't want to do much until we could like really announce it and everything. Right. And now we're going to get back it's and get serious you know, about It's always iffy until you get to the second trimester or so. <laughs> so yeah, we posted this picture of the little Reliant K onesie. And you know who liked it on Facebook? Because I'm Facebook friends with him. Mike Herrera. And I'm like, uh-oh, awkward. <laughs> well, like... I was going to get an MXPX onesie because there's official ones, but they were sold out when I went to the MXPX store. Yeah, because we didn't also didn't want to buy anything until we got closer to yep. the period where we were going <laughs> to announce it. We were actually at a store the other day and Jessica saw this really beautiful mushroom onesie. It's like it's like just nice artwork of like a mushroom patch and she's like, "Oh, I want this, but we can't buy it yet. It's still too early." Yeah. <laughs> now we got to go back to that store. But yeah, we had the Reliant K thing and I haven't even announced it really on MXPX memes, but Mike Herrera uh, since I'm Facebook friends with him, he liked it. And I'm like, awkward. I didn't make an MXPX <laughs> themed baby announcement, which I've seen plenty of around the internet because I'm friends with lots of people in the you know, lots of big movers and shakers in the MXPX fandom. Oh, good. Then I'm babies. glad that uh, we were unique and did Reliant K instead. Yeah. How many Reliant K baby announcements are there? I don't know. <laughs> Probably a bunch. <laughs> and we're just not tuned into them. So it's been an exciting time, and we're going to get back into it. So now, enough of that modeling stuff. Enough of that. We'll see. Well, you'll be on the journey with us as Jessica's pregnant. She's going to be complaining about it when we're talking about we're talking about my cape is stuck in a phone booth. <laughs> what else do we have left? <laughs> when we're talking about... Uh, William, did we do that? No, yeah, we did we that, did that. <laughs> <laughs> When we're talking about If You Believe Me... Jessica's going to be like, I don't want to talk about this song. You did this to me. <laughs> I don't think that happens until the delivery. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, here is, the vo- here is a voicemail. Now we're getting into the regular part of the episode. April was letting us know we needed to get back on track. Here is a voicemail. Uh, so last week was our Sadie Hawkins dance. Second part two. Part two. Yeah, our part two. Second part two. Which is not what it was. It was a part two. Um, I don't know if this voicemail has to do with that, but this is Sean from Pennsylvania calling. So let's hear what Sean has to say. Hey, Danny and Jess. This is uh, Sean from Allentown. Uh Just finished listening to the Steady Hopkins dance uh, part two. Uh, didn't get my call in before that. And I just thought I'd share some thoughts while they're still fresh in my mind. So I, I don't know if I ever mentioned this before, but Sadie Hopkins dance was... Specifically, a very 
important, like, seminal moment in my life as a music fan and everything. Um, when I was a kid, uh, first time I heard this song, it must have been, like, spring or summer of, like, 2002. So, like, not long after the album came out. Um, it was used in a video at the private school that I went to, the teacher for, like, the quote-unquote high school kids who are graduating and everything, uh, had put together a video and he used City Hawkins dances and music in it. And, you know, being only like 11 years old at this point, growing up in a Christian home, the coolest thing I had heard at this point was like audio adrenaline. Okay. I had never heard anything, anything at all that sounded remotely like Reliant K at that point or City Hawkins dance, pop punk, whatever. What'd you say you thought he said? I thought he said Life in General. Life in General, that is a cool album. Not cool enough to make it a part of our baby announcement. But <laughs> he said audio adrenaline. Now, I was only vaguely interested in audio adrenaline. I was like, oh yeah, like they're uh, a rock band. I'm already into like cool music. <laughs> I always I get to... audio adrenaline and alkaline trio confused. <laughs> in so my head, fun. they're the same band, right? I got a Photoshop. Oh man, they're so distant. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, oh, no. it's me, Matt Skiba, lead singer of Audio Adrenaline. It's a big, big house or something. It's a big, big house filled with the devil, filled with vampires. Is that all, is, does Audio Adrenaline do the it's a big, big house with lots and lots of room? No, I don't think they do. I think I messed that up. Hold oh, okay. On. No, I was, no, no, I was right. Oh, okay. Nice. I'll leave in the, the, where I doubted myself. But yeah, that's Audio Adrenaline. I was, like, vaguely aware of Audio Adrenaline from being in youth group and stuff, but I, like, only liked cool bands. Like, I already liked real music before I went to youth group, so... (laughs) Yes, I already liked real music before I went to youth group. But, like, so I only liked the cool bands in the Christian scene. Oh, well... Schneck was in Audio Adrenaline. Yeah. (laughs) He was in the live... He was only in... So I guess I didn't give them a chance. I should have given them a chance. Now, I know that they did like a... It, someone told me like, oh, you like the Supertones, right? See, I only like cool Christian bands like oh. the Supertones. Wow. But so it was like, you like the Supertones, right? I'm like, yeah. It's like the Supertones were on an Audio Adrenaline song. And I was like, oh, okay. So I like downloaded that from Napster, just that one song. Uh, Some Kind of Monster, or that's the Metallica song. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> I'm um, super offended that you're getting the songs wrong, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> but what I'll say is, one year at Soul Fest, Audio Adrenaline was either headlining or they were like second or third to last. And, you know, I was always usually spend my time at Soul Fest at the cool skate park stage with, you know, Stretch Armstrong and Roper <laughs> and cool bands like that. But I did check out a little bit of Audio Adrenaline and they had an amazing stage show with like these giant like columns that shot uh, giant pillars of smoke straight into the air. And then they like came out like rocking really hard. And I'm like, w- and at this point, I'm like, 22 i'm older than sean calling and i was like you know if i was if i was christian i am christian but i was like if i was more sheltered christian and i was eight and i came here i would be like this is the greatest fucking band i've ever seen (laughs) because at that moment i was totally swept up i'm like i don't know any of these songs are they gonna play the song with horns that they did with the supertones (laughs) 
That's how I felt about Coldplay when I saw them in like 2006, 2007. The greatest Christian band of all time. Exactly. <laughs> no, but they had an awesome stage show, and now I've seen way cooler stuff because I've seen Alice Cooper live. So, <laughs> I'm not literally a Christian artist, although not a artist <laughs> of Christian right. work. And I'm hearing this, and it blew my little 11 year old mind. And I was just like, whatever this is, I need more of it. And so that was like just the beginning of my journey with Reliant K, pop punk, being a music fan, and all that stuff. Um, so yeah, Sadie Hawkins Dance is really, really important for me. So that's, I'm glad you guys finally got around to it and I could, you know. Just one other like quick thought about the song itself. The line where it's saying his ears are burning. I only like just realized this like in the past year or whatever, but I wonder if it's a reference to isn't there like an idiom or something where people say, you know, my ears are burning, it means someone's talking about me. So is that maybe why Matt's ears are burning? Yes. I didn't think to mention to talk about that, but that is that idiom. That yeah. is what that means. Yeah. I don't know. I, I've known that idiom for a long time since I was a kid. The main one, I, the main use of it in movies that I can think of, and I don't know if this is where, not movies, but movies and television, the main use of that that I can think of that might be where I learned it was in the episode of The Simpsons where the where Jay Sherman, the critic, comes to town and uh, a star is burns is the name of the episode and they're talking about how what a great guy jay sherman is and then homer walks by and he says my ears are burning and they're like oh we weren't talking about you dad he's like no my ears are really burning i want to see inside so i lit a q-tip <laughs> and then a little bit of smoke comes out of homer's ear i think i might have turned to my parents and been like what does that mean and then they said oh your ears are burning means you passed by someone who was talking about you. It's the original version of subtweeting. <laughs> Nowadays, ears are burning is called subtweeting. You know, all the girls are talking in the bathroom. His ears are burning because, you know, one of them's talking about him, you know, who they're going to uh, ask the city Hawkins. And that's why he's smiling and rocking his air guitar because he knows someone's going to ask him. Uh, I don't know, just a thought. Uh, real quick, also a shout out to a guy called from Dover, Ohio. Um, that's actually where I grew up when I was a kid. It's actually where I heard Reliant K for the first time. Grew up in the 90s in the very early aughts. Um, uh, yeah, he's right. There's not much going on in Dover. Um, and when Reliant K was climbing through the ranks and everything, uh, it was really cool for us to have a band that was from so close that was getting big and everything. We absolutely claimed them. We claimed everything. That was getting popular from like Columbus uh, East. So like John Rubin, 21 Pilots, Reliant K, we playing all those guys. Uh, and then all and Sean got cut off, but he calls back. <clears throat> However, yes, I agree entirely. That is what that idiom is referring to when he's yeah. walking by. I think that the ears are burning idiom means two things. It means you actually hear someone talking about you like, ooh, my ears are burning. But also it can mean, like, you think someone's talking about you. Right. Are my ears burning? And then you're like, no, I'm not talking about you. So in that case, I didn't think about talking about this when we were talking about Sadie. The two episodes, the three and a half hours we talked about Sadie Hawkins' dance total. But um, almost four hours, I think. 
But yeah, in this case, it's like his ears aren't burning in the sense that the girls in the bathroom probably aren't talking about him, but he's picking up his ears because he's like, ooh, is one of the girls in the bathroom talking about me? That is what that is. Yeah. That is, I think, what that is exactly what is. Or maybe going on he there. hears someone mention him, and then he's that's why he's got a smell on his face and he's oh, air guitar rocking. He's maybe like, the yeah. girl so stunning was in the bathroom talking about him, and she's like, "I want to ask that guy who's good with talking." And his ears are burning, but he couldn't see her through the door. And then they catch up by the end of the song in the hallway. That's sweet. Think about that. That ties things together. So here's Sean calling back. Talking about Dover, I think. I think you'll still be talking about Dover. The hills of Dover? Sorry, guys, got cut off. I just had one more real quick thought. Just wanted to reiterate. Uh, what he was trying to correct you was the pronunciation of the little town called Bolivar. B-O-L-I-V-A-R. It's pronounced Bolivar. Um, yeah, any, anyone from there knows that. Don't feel bad, Jets. There's a lot of... You go anywhere, there's towns that are not pronounced the way you think they should be. So don't feel bad. Yeah, Boniver. Boniver. I've heard of him. He did, he <laughs> He was on the Taylor he did, he did his feature on the Taylor Swift album recently. I'm familiar. I, I felt the exact same way whenever I moved to different parts of Pennsylvania. So uh but yeah, that's pretty much it. Um just wanted to share my Sadie Hawkins dance story. Oh, one more thing. As far as an actual Sadie Hawkins dance, I can only recall is either when I was in middle school or high school. They did hold one. I can't remember exactly when it was. Um, and I don't remember actually going, so I don't think I got asked. But, you know, it, it is what it is. So that's how it goes. It, it was, I do recall um, there was a whole thing, like they would go to uh, store and buy matching T-shirts and everything, because that's what it was, that, like the deal, you match your date, so you know who you came with. Um, but other than that, I don't really have anything else. And once again, shout out to the guy from Dover where I'm from represent so uh, thanks and guys I'm still listening I still love the podcast and uh, keep doing what you're doing you're doing great thanks bye well thank you thanks for calling thanks for giving us your your Sadie Hawkins dance story yeah I was hoping for more Sadie Hawkins dance stories but I mean I don't know if uh, it's just not a thing that people do that often (laughs) by the way the voicemail from last week that was really choppy. The person from from Dover, o- Ohio. It was Harry. Harry underscore T O L H U R S T underscore I V for four. Um, I talked. I DM'd him after the case, and Google Translate or you know Google Voice. Uh, transcript said his name was jerry and then it was like it was like the laurel (laughs) was that laurel and hardy or laurel laurel and canyon what was that thing what the blue dress white dress audio thing you know those things laurel and yanny laurel and yanny it was a laurel and yanny thing where i could i could hear jerry and i could hear harry but then from context i just went to our followers and looked for all the jerry's and all the harry's and there was one harry and it was the harry who called us and the voice how many jerry's were there there were zero jerry's i think unless there's one jerry out there and he's like what about me So he said, sorry, my audio was so bad. I was calling the way I usually do while driving. And my friends tell me it's all right. So I don't think it, I didn't think it would be that bad. Anyways, love the commentary on it. 
I can clear anything else up you need. Um, I think we basically got, we sussed out everything more or less correctly from that voicemail last week. It was just fun. It was a fun game of literal telephone. And I don't know where the Google Voice Nebraska because uh, 40295 Sadie is a Nebraska phone number that we got from Google Voice. So I don't know w- what server is receiving that phone call. So it could have been that, you know, it could have been on Google Voice's end in Nebraska, not on Harry's side in Ohio. Although aren't Ohio and Nebraska right next to each other? I don't know anything about any state other than New York and California. <laughs> I'm one of those big Hollywood bigwigs. I just fly back and forth between the only two cities that matter. I don't even... I'm just kidding. I'm, I love Boston. I love Boston. Yes, yes that you do. <laughs> Boston's the only city that matters. We have dynasties, and we don't cheat. And if you think we cheat, it's because you're a sore loser. Oh, boy. I'm completely kidding. I don't really care about Boston sports that much. <laughs> Anyway, I'm sure that got some people heated. I actually don't care if it turns out the that the 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 Patriots really were cheating. If there's proof about it, I don't care. Whatever, it's, it's sports. I'm a nerd. Nerds don't like sports <laughs> because sports have been done before. So I don't care about sports. Oh, there you go, tying it all back. Tying it back to the big big song this week. Probably one of the biggest. Relying K songs of all time. Indeed. Wits all been done before. Weird title. Weird song. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's, it's you know, the classic uh, Relying K play on words. Because it's all been done before and your wit has been done before. Right. So this is a song that was originally on the Employee of the Month EP. Which was the EP that promoted and tied in with Two Lefts Don't Make a Right. But three do. This song turned up again on Bird and the B-Sides. And as we'll get into, there are major mix and master differences between the Employee of the Month version and the Bird and the B-Sides version. I actually didn't listen to the Employee of the Month version. Yeah, it's hard to listen to. So unlike what we talk about every time we go over an Anatomy song or a Two Left song... You know, you have the gold mix from 2005 of those records, and then you have the original mixes that aren't on streaming. And for the most part, we prefer the original CD mixes when those CDs were originally printed. In this case, with Bird and the B-Sides, we went over it for sure with For the Band. There was an editing, there was an actual editing of the lyrics between the Employee of the Month version of For the Band and what's on Bird and the B-Sides. And then I made a post about it this week. I was just thinking about Vinyl Countdown. Oh, actually, I got I was thrown off and I thought that this song was from Vinyl Countdown. But no, I was like, no, it's from Employee of the Month. So then I started thinking about the vinyl, the original vinyl of Vinyl Countdown and how, you know, the songs are mastered way different on those songs. And I'm not convinced that the vocal take on Vinyl Countdown wasn't completely redone for Bird and the B-Sides. Well, we're talking about Wits All Been Done Before, and it's nothing like that. It is absolutely the same studio tracks, same instrumentation, same vocal takes, everything. But they just made some real big changes between the Employee of the Month version and then when it showed up on Bird and the B-Sides, 
it would be five years later. So we'll get into that in a little bit. But this was originally just like a B-side. This was kind of a rare track, something that was not on the album, something you only had if it was if you had a copy of the Employee of the Month EP, which we talk about the EPs that promoted the first four albums. Each one of those EPs in sequence was kind of easier and easier to get commercially. Like the original EP for the self-titled album was, was uh, 2000 AD, ADD wasn't easy to get your hands on then pretty much just the merch table and for you know Reliant K's merch table and their website same thing with the creepy EP you, I don't think you could get that commercially I think you got it on you know you got it as a promo as a giveaway at festivals or at Reliant K's merch table or on their website employee of the month EP was available in stores I think it was even bundled in with some retail versions of two lefts don't make a right but three do Mm. and then of course apathetic ep which is kind of the last of the ep cycle of putting of you know releasing an ep to tie together with an album apathetic ep was just literally just commercially available it wasn't a promotional ep it was just an actual ep that came out after mm -hmm and broke that cycle of promotional eps to tie in so I'm sure a lot more people had copies of the Employee of the Month EP than had copies of, you know, Creepy EP, the original Creepy EP and 2000 ADD. I have them all. (laughs) (laughs) I think that it makes sense that this is a first three gear song. It's the like just the plight of any artist. It's clever, but there's still less maturity to it. And it's an obvious statement. One everyone's made right so real big fish has made a career (laughs) of the statement that this song makes (laughs) i have nothing to say and no (laughs) band has anything to say that is relying that is real big fish's like entire oeuvre that's their mission statement that's their mission statement that's right (laughs) and real big fish and relying k Right near each other alphabetically on your iPod or in the store. That's right. And I don't I don't know about the because I didn't actually listen to the employee of the month version, but with the Bird and the B sides version, it's it's a classic pop punk song. Mm-hmm. It does that stop thing in the chorus. It does. It's uh. more of that dun dun dun. Yeah. It's a little bit more masked because the bass and the drums continue on, but the guitars are going dun dun dun. I think aside from Deck the Halls, Bruise Your Hand, it's probably the most Blink-182 sounding song Reliant K has. It has that like Blink bass sound to it. I think it sounds, it's, it's so it's funny that the song itself is about how originality is almost impossible to actually achieve. And we'll get more into that theme. But it's funny that that's the theme of the song when the song itself kind of sounds like Mutt from Enema of the State. And the song also kind of sounds like College Kids (laughs) to me. Not like a one-to-one. Like, it sounds more like Mutt by Blink-182 than it does College Kids. But um, if this was a contender to be on the album and it got pushed off to the EP, there's a number of reasons I think that happened. But I think one of them is it opens up almost exactly the same as college kids and it just kind of hits the same 
uh, tonal chord as College Kids. And one of those songs is way better than the other. Yeah, well, College Kids is a completely sound, cohesive concept. And I think that's the number one reason why this song got pushed off as B-side material is I think that this, this there's a very clear thematic idea that Matt Thiessen was grappling with when he wrote this song. But I think that the ultimate product, this song, is kind of muddled and confused and doesn't use the tool set of, of words to actually get across that idea properly, which could be the ultimate art of the song, that the song itself in its message is kind of lost. It's really funny because it reminds me a lot of what we talked about with Operation. So Operation was a B-side for Anatomy of the Tongue-in-Cheek. It's, you know, on the back end of the Anatomy first three gears box set but it was originally on 2000 ADD no sorry it was not it was on the creepy EP but in the in the operation episode we debated was this actually a cut track from the self-titled era that they just kind of used to flesh out the uh creepy EP because operation is a I was like oh this is you know just to summarize our operation, because I went back and listened to the episode to make sure I was remembering this correctly. We basically said, like, this is a fun and bouncy song, and musically it kind of makes sense as a Reliant K song, but the entire, like, concept of where Matt Thiessen sat down is like, I'm going to make a song about how God is a hospital. <laughs> and you're like, what? And, like, nothing actually paid... And, like, you know exactly what he's trying to say. But when you when we cut into those lyrics, pun completely intended, we were like, wow, this doesn't hold up at all. This just feels really amateurish, and it makes sense that they push it to a B-side. Well, I feel a similar... I feel a similar way about what's all been done before, but you can see a progression. I think this is a more mature and more earnest and successful failure than was Operation. I think Operation, on a thematic, lyrical level, was pretty much a failure. I think what's all been done before is he, you know, Operation wasn't really worth saying. God is a hospital. God's a doctor. God's going to operate on my heart. Like, yeah, I get it. Like, five, you know, like, you know, fifth graders could write that as a metaphor for God. Like that's it felt very immature mm-hmm. and not and, and and not even a quarter baked, but what's all been done before? I can feel that he actually had something to say. He really has something to say, and whether that's like a burnout from trying to write at this point three albums worth of material, or it's just like they've been touring a lot and just like getting into music and being a part of the music scene and following your dream and starting to feel like maybe there's no there's no goal to reach and feeling like you can't ever like really say anything new and fresh and having that like anxiety and putting it into a song that is about how originality and like becoming an artistic success is a really silly goal. Like feeling that art anxiety is an artist a bit like, Will I ever say anything that's worth saying? Will I ever do anything that everyone else hasn't already done? Like, that's a real anxiety Mm -hmm. when you're an artist. So I can feel that this song, 
unlike Operation, this song is actually trying to say something that is worth saying. But then, like, the irony or the opposite of irony, the whatever, is that the song itself... Has been done so many times. Has been done before. before. And And maybe that's part of the intention, but maybe not. Right. I I don't know. (laughs) And when when we get into the lyrics... The lyrics are just very scattershot around that concept. But unlike Operation, where it's just like, like, oh, you've lost too much blood to tell. The blood is your sin or whatever. I get it. <laughs> like, unlike that, like every, I feel like every individual stanza, every individual uh, movement, every individual line of lyrics is perfectly okay on its own, but when you put it together into this whole song, it doesn't lyrically, like the concepts don't move you from one to the other. It's almost like someone who is really dealing with writer's block, singing about how they have writer's block, but then you can definitely feel how they have writer's block because none of the individual lines of, of lyrics feel like they really fully belonged together. But we'll get into that in a little bit. I just, uh, yeah, college kids, mutt, that's what it, and you're right, It's it sounds the most Blink-182-ish of most any other song. So we can, so you want to get into the lyrics or you want to get into the differences between the two versions? Ooh, let's get into the differences between the two versions, just in case there's any lyrical differences. Okay, and there are no lyrical differences, oh, okay. not that I could tell. So the two big differences, now I feel like everyone canonically has heard the Burn the B-Sides version. So I'll sure. just go ahead and play some, play the two major differences. And it's clearly like leveling changes um, between both songs. And you know, I'll say like, unlike the gold versions of albums two and three, where it's like, you're just muddling with things that don't need to be muddled with. Like the albums were good to start with. Like the, these, some of the changes on the 2005 gold mixes of albums two and albums two and three just aren't necessary here. However, I can tell like they really like just polished these EP songs before they put them on burden. The B sides in this case, I do think the burden, the B sides remix remaster of what's all been done before is superior, but you know, the vocals are a little bit more separate and a little higher up in the mix on the employee version but then the whole thing feels a little wetter. The whole the employee of the month version just feels a little bit more wet. Feels a little bit more like muddled together. Like the it, which is the opposite of most gold mix issues for the second and third album where everything kind of gets jammed and compressed together when they remixed albums 2 and 3. Here they kind of did the opposite. I feel like everything's kind of blended too much together on the employee of the month EP. But then they kind of fix that for Burn the B-Sides. Okay. So maybe they learned from the gold remixes three years earlier. But here's the first major difference on the Employee of the Month version. And that is that during the slow pretty part, they add these vocals that don't exist on the version that most people have heard. Yeah, we do something to death. And then we dig it up just to do it some more. So uh, maybe you don't remember because it feels natural, but the ah, those are not on the Bird and the B-Sides version that everyone's heard. Here's the Bird and the B-Side version. 
So right. they they remove those ah part in the background. Maybe even more pop punk. Yeah. <laughs> and then here's the biggest change. Here's the most jarring change between what's all been done before on the original EP and what was on Burden the B-Sides. Let me play this part from Bird, the Burden the B-Sides version that everybody's heard. Let me play this part first. And now let's listen to that same little section on the EP version. Yeah, we do something to death, and then we dig it up just to do it some more. Cause we're all getting tired of the media. So they put that yeah. weird telephone filter on that right. section. Which I'll say that the last 40 seconds of this song aren't fully necessary. Like, once you get to this part, you could have wrapped it up here. But there's still 40 seconds left. Right. And they go back to the chorus again. Uh, the whole media part, which we're going to get into. <laughs> but it's funny that on the EP version, I wonder if they were unconfident of that last 40 seconds. They're like, we need to go back to the same refrain again to get us out of this and repeat it one more time to sort of balance this song. I don't feel like it was necessary. Like, they could have cut the last 40 seconds out of the song and not done that refrain again. But maybe they had both versions and they were like, no, both versions feel like they're missing. Both feel the version, like, this version feels like it's missing something without that last 40 seconds. We gotta go back and repeat the all been tired of the media part again. But we're not confident about it, so let's put this weird radio telephone telephone filter on it to kind of wake people up and be like, ooh, something different's happening. And then on that beat, we'll cut back in and turn that filter off. Well, then five years later, they're like, yeah, that was nonsense. So then they cut that filter out of there, and then they just have that little breakdown, oh, getting tired of the media, and then there's no telephone filter on it. It's really weird when I went back and listened to the Employee of the Month version and heard that filter. I'm like, whoa! <laughs> it's the most jarring change. a little bit of it in, in the uh, Bird and the Beast. Well, they definitely, like, remove any... Let's see. Let me hear how they do it on Bird and the Beast sides. Yeah, they they Maybe leave. Maybe he's just singing into that thing that, that the vocorder thing. Yeah. Well, no, what they do on the Bird and the B sides version instead of dropping the whole little breakdown section that's going to get us into the last forty seconds, instead of washing that out in this telephone filter, they have the instrumentation sound normal, but they put his vocals in a slight filter. Which is a little bit more effective. It's a little bit more effective than taking the entire song. And I don't know which kind of effect you'd call that. Just washing it out and making it sound all tinny. Yeah, it's really strange. And it's the opposite of how I felt about For the Band. Where they took the song For the Band. And I think they 
possibly similarly became unconfident of the song for the band because towards the end, he's like, do everything for you know what, you know what. Like he got, he was like unconfident of like repeating the words for the band for the 20th time. So they used the lyrics for you know what instead of for the band. Like a little joke, like, oh, you know what. We said it a hundred times in this song. Well, then they edit that little funny vocal take out of the Bird and the B-Sides version. So at the end, he just says, for the band, the hundredth time. I didn't like that they removed that jokey version as you get toward, that jokey version of the lyric as you get towards the end of the song. I, I was like, no, it's more fun when he says, you know what? This case, I feel the exact opposite. I'm like, they tried to be clever. They tried to be witty by putting a telephone filter <laughs> right before the last 40 seconds of the song. And it's just, it's, you know, in comparison to hearing it without it, it is just weird. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Are you ready to go over the lyrics? Was definitely. That, was that all the difference? That, well, I'm, like I said, there's definitely probably, there's definitely other differences in the mix. There might be little echoes and little reverbs added and taken away between versions on different vocal takes. But that's just all like, that's the sliders on the mixing board. I can't tell the difference between everything. But those are the three major differences. I feel like the instruments are too too compressed in the original version, which is the opposite of what you'd expect. And then you have the telephone filter right before the outro of the song. And you have the ahs during the slow pretty part. Weird differences. Maybe the most differences between A Bird and the B-Side's B-Side and its original appearance on the EP. Gotcha. So verse one, I wish I could innovate and try and stretch your minds because oftentimes when guys like me do that, they leave themselves behind. To clean the mess, quick to impress, a little bit of everyone, but to innovate is a mistake because there's nothing new under the sun. Biblical reference right there, Song of Solomon. (laughs) Oh, I didn't know that. (laughs) There's nothing new under the sun. That's a Bible verse. Let me get that. Well, you need to go over to Genius and annotate that, Danny, because oh. it is not annotated. I'm reading the lyrics right off of Genius. Oh, is it Ecclesiastes? I thought it was Song of Solomon. <laughs> I was totally wrong. Ah, the, the Bible study. We're going to become a Bible study podcast when we run out of Reliant K songs so we can get better at this. No, it's Ecclesiastes nine. I always thought it was Song of Solomon. I was totally wrong. Uh, what has been this is the king is this the this is the new international version what has been will be again what has been done will be done again there is nothing new under the sun very very emo moment right from the I, i've Bible. heard that like there's nothing new under the sun before i thought it was just a figure of speech. i mean very that's interesting idiom. to know where it originates yeah it, it originates from the bible like it's funny i don't know that that quote gets used a lot and i think most people don't know it comes from the bible but i heard it from my mom quoted as specifically a bible verse but always using it in the context of things that aren't necessarily worth describing in a biblical sense <laughs> of like, ah, oh, this TV show, like the Bible, she wouldn't say it this way, but <laughs> this TV show, like the Bible says, nothing new under the sun. But that is, you know, that she wouldn't say it that way. But that is where I heard it originally. Pre-chorus, because we're all getting tired of the media because it tries too hard to make you like something. So we're bouncing all around. 
with ideas and that's kind of what i was hinting at is like he feels like he's got a lot of targets in this song and it kind of doesn't it doesn't feel focused he's like wit's all been done before which is an okay pun Mm -hmm. it's kind of like like uh like the b sharps it's funny the first time you hear it and it's less and less (laughs) funny every time you think about it wit's all been done before it's like okay that sounds clever but then the more you think about it the less clever it feels and then the song itself has too many targets it targets itself it targets other people trying to be creative it targets fans and critics later who get mad at you for trying to be too original it targets okay lana del rey let's just calm (laughs) down for a minute (laughs) so because here he's like i wish i could innovate i wish i could innovate and try and stretch your minds because oftentimes when guys like me i'm not sure what he means when guys like me do that they leave themselves behind so here he's kind of like talking about himself creatives innovators to clean a mess or to impress a little bit of everyone (laughs) i think elon musk has just always been him Um, yeah, so it, it starts out kind of criticize, kind of like turning the finger inwards and kind of saying like, I could try to do something original and new, but I can't really do that. No one expects that from me. And even if I do that, people might not want that from me, which is true. A lot of artists will sometimes have, you know, new places they want to go. There's the cliche of like Spinal Tap Mark II where they feel stale, the artist feels stale, so they do something kind of crappy and boring. That's the cliche. But sometimes an artist is just like not even thinking about it that way. They're just like, oh, I have this other thing I want to do and I'll do that. And then people get mad at them for doing it. Um, I'm trying to think of some examples. Collapsible lung? Well, Collapsible Lung, there you go. That's just about the perfect example. This is a prequel to Collapsible Lung. (laughs) I was actually thinking about the angry video game nerd. (laughs) Like, this is random, but, like, when the angry video game nerd first came out, you know, in the mid-2000s... That's even more niche than this podcast, Annie. He's he's a top YouTuber now. I don't know. Whatever. But when the when the when the angry video game nerd character first appeared on YouTube, being a top YouTuber means nothing. I couldn't name the top five YouTubers. <laughs> Mr. Beast, <laughs> Mrs. Oh, Beast. Oh right, right. Ms. Right. Beast, Ms. Mojo, Ms. Mojo. <laughs> Mojo Beast. Everyone has their own little corners of YouTube that they stick to. <laughs> yeah. Like no one knows who's and then, like the most popular. No one sits around and goes, "Let me watch the most popular video on YouTube today." I mean, maybe they do, but I sometimes I I did that once in a while, but then I'd be like, "I'm not watching this. What is this? This is this is silly. I'm not watching that." Um, you know, if Wits All Been Done before 2023 ends up on the next Reliant K record, the attack the the tar- <laughs> one of the targets could be youtube algorithms because we're all tired of youtube algorithms because it tries too hard to make you watch something anyway you should, you should, you should go to amiright.com danny <laughs> write that down so what was i i was saying something i was getting on something but you know he's starting off talking that's right uh, so the angry video game nerd when he started out he was the character the angry video game nerd but then like about three years into his thing he did a couple of videos where he was just himself just his like old nerdy he wasn't even old at the time but he's just like kind of normal 
introverted guy self talking about stuff and people were mad people were mad at him for just showing up on the internet as himself (laughs) and not in character and now everyone's mad at him for no good reason all the time (laughs) but whatever so it's like you do something slightly different slightly outside the norm and people get mad it's not even like that big a change it's just like hi i do a character on the internet here's me how dare you so artists are sometimes get trapped. Artists really get trapped. And a thing like collapsible lung, like, yeah, collapsible lung is a huge shift from, it is, it's a huge shift sonically from what you expect from Reliant K. But then, like, we've talked about it with all these different reviews that we see album to album. There are sonic changes between mm-hmm and five score. There are big sonic changes between five score and forget and not slow down. But they all feel like a progression. But then there are reviewers out there who will say, Forget and Not Slow Down is a giant departure from all of the previous Reliant K sound. I'm like, yeah, if you compare Five Score and Seven Years Ago to Anatomy, there's a big departure. But when you compare Five Score, oh, when you compare Forget and Not Slow Down to Five Score, it doesn't feel like that big a departure. I don't know. Artists get trapped, and sometimes it's not fair when they're criticized for trying to do something different. But then in the bridge, which it's weird that the bridge is second. What does it say on... um... We didn't even get to that part yet, because we're all getting tired of the media, because creating something new is just recycling. And then it goes into the chorus, which which all been done before. I'm on song meanings, and song meanings calls the because we're all getting tired of the media part, the bridge, which I'm like, that can't be the bridge. It's the second section of the song. Thanks a lot, Song Meanings, for making me look a fool. Wits, wits all been done before. Yeah, we do something to death, and then we dig it up just to do it some more. Verse 2. In all my lines of warning signs, but not all with dead ends, and I'm not sure the clever words all sit well with my friends. So this is about doing cocaine. Another victim <laughs> fall. I'll just add, <laughs> I'll just have to do what my gut tells me to and hope that you will buy it all. Right. Sell so out with me. Oh, yeah. Sell out <laughs> with me tonight. So let's go back to that pre-chorus. Because we're all getting tired of the media. This is the first one. This is the first line where like the first time I heard that, I was like, oh, okay, I guess so. But the, to say we're all getting tired, the media, here's the thing. The word the media is such a politicized word in 2023. Yeah. In twenty in 2003, it probably meant something a little how bit many, different. How many MAGA rallies have this song on their playlist? <sighs> oh, no, I hope not. But <laughs> when he's saying the media here, he's talking about pop culture media he's talking about television shows he's not talking about the news the radio he's not talking about news he's not talking about documentaries he's probably i guess he's talking about movies but he's talking about entertainment media he's not talking about informational media so it's a little strange but even at the time i don't you know back then in 2003 i don't feel like when you said the media it didn't. Not everyone necessarily used that word in the same way. Oh wow! I just realized this is from a song is from twenty years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on from that, um, 
Well, to my say gosh, that, I was in high so school. twenty years ago, so so twenty, so two decades ago, when you would first hear this song and you'd say and you'd hear the media, I feel like at the time you had to unpack that and hear what else he had to say first, because you'd be like, what? What media? There's a couple of medias. Nowadays, you say the media. You mean the lamestream, the lamestream <laughs> news, right? So it's just, it feels a little weird. It's like, but this this is what I was talking about with the comparison to Operation, is that the lyrics in Operation are so quarter-baked, and it's like, this song basically needed to be chucked out, or you needed to take some of the better lines out of Operation and put them in a better song. Here, wit's all been done before, all the lyrical changes kind of require you to unpack them and work to follow what he's saying. Like it's not it. And I don't think deliberately, unlike, you know, the song where, you know, the top of the song, he's like, I want to stretch your minds. I don't think that this song kind of deliberately is uh, wordy to stretch your mind. I think it's wordy because he had a lot to say and a short time to say it. And he kind of lost his way a little bit when he starts out saying guys like me try to innovate and it doesn't work out. And then the next line he's talking about because the media wants you to like things like I see the connective thread between those ideas. But the way it's presented in the song just sounds really haphazard. As haphazard as I sound when I'm trying to talk about <laughs> things like this. Uh, so we have the pre-chorus again because we're all getting tired of the media. Then the chorus, wit, wit's all been done before. Uh, then we get to the bridge. Originality is a ghost town. And it's oh so hard to get to. And when you do, then people start to hate you. This is this is acrobatics <laughs> right here. Like this, But there is a such thing as originality, I swear. <laughs> This is acrobatics. I'm like, hearing people hate There's me. so much going on in those three lines, and I understand everything he's saying, but I'm just like, it's 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 so it's such a journey, and not in a good way to get it. Originality is a ghost town. And I'm like, oh, okay, and it's hard to get to. Oh, okay, it's it's hard to get. It's not it's not enough that it's a ghost town. It's also hard to get to. Okay, and when you get there, people hate you. Uh, oh, okay, I don't understand. Well, if it's a ghost town and no one can get there, then how do they know they hate you? How do they know you're there if no one's there to know you're there? And how is it? it and how do people know it's a ghost town if it's hard to get to and they don't get there? You know, because like ghost towns are usually like available, like areas that you can access that just no one's around and it's spooky. Like a ghost town usually isn't like a secluded, hard to get to area. So I feel like it's not quite mixed metaphors, but they're metaphors that just aren't connecting in the ways that he wants them to. And I really feel like this song just kind of teeters on a maturity, but it just doesn't quite get there. Like he's trying to talk about a mature subject matter. He's trying to talk about something that does matter. Like I think what he's trying to talk about kind of matters. It matters for audiences. It matters for artists. It matters for the media. It matters for like the engines that get us our music and our artwork and stuff. Like the idea of originality or just copycat stuff or just like, you know, studios and streaming services sending out word of like, we won't even green light your show unless you have like a name attached. Like, don't even bother pitching it to us. We're not here for ideas right now. Those don't sell, you know, like we don't want ideas. We want, right. uh, we want names. And like in 2023, people, you think people care about 
names in a show. Nobody yeah. cares about movie stars. What are you talking about? Yeah. Uh, like the biggest shows, like nobody on Stranger Things was anybody when Stranger yeah. Things started. Nobody on Wednesday. I mean, Tim. Uh, uh, okay, a couple of people on Wednesday. I was going to say, like, Catherine Sater Jones. Yeah, but Wednesday herself was not a big name. I thought she was. Wasn't she some, like, teen star or something? Well, probably. Okay, Can Wednesday's a bad example. Wednesday's probably the reason why everything everything on a streaming service has to be a name now. Whatever. <laughs> I lost track of what I'm doing to, was trying to say because. Orphan Black was popular. There was nobody really known on that. Uh, Orange is the New Black didn't have a ton of names on that show. It had Jason Biggs. <laughs> he, was, he, yes. he was such a star, they had to fire him for, for uh, mysterious reasons. <laughs> Because you scream what you believe out loud in a crowd. Ah! People will hate you because repetition's just so safe. Repetition's just like prison. And I prefer to be out of place because I'm really not into prison. See, Who is? What? <laughs> like these these are lyrics that kind of make sense the first time you hear them. But the more and more you hear them, you're like, repetition's just so safe. Okay. Repetition's just like prison. Oh, oh, okay. Well, well, I don't like prison. I'm not into prison. Oh, okay. <laughs> like these are <laughs> these are all like sound lyrical ideas, but they just really the connective tissue isn't there. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe he just wasn't at that point yet where he was ready to really express this. This is maybe you sit this one aside and come back to well, it. Well, no, but yeah, that's that could be true. But I do feel like this was like because when I compare this to Operation. I feel like this is a way more successful experiment than Operation was. Uh, I feel like, yeah, this is like, he didn't have everything lyrically ready for this song, but he kind of did. Like, I can't say that this needs another draft. Like I can. <laughs> no, I, I, I know what you mean. Like, it, 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 could, it could connect. These ideas could be reworked to connect. You'd have to throw out... You'd have to you'd have to basically like how how do you say this like a sandwich like you either throw out the bread and keep the meat or you throw out the meat and keep the bread like it's one or the other like you either keep the opening section and rework the the, the back half or you keep the back half and you rework the first section I think you rework the whole thing I suppose so but I just feel like this is a more successful failure than. You know, and f- good for Reliant K and Matt Thiessen that I don't feel like we have a lot of songs like this to say that this is a successful failure or this is a failure. I really don't feel like we feel that way. I mean, I think we see a lot of Reliant K with rose-colored glasses. But in this case, I'm really torn. I really feel like he he hit the dartboard, but he didn't come close to the bullseye. But he got some points. He hit the bullseye. I think Operation the the dart hit the wall like it wasn't even close and i'm just obsessed with operation because i feel like it's the closest thing i have to compare it to like i I don't think i can think of another song that's like a like a lyrical like what right (laughs) in this way because even like abstract songs and songs that don't seem to be about much of anything from all work and no play like be rad like that's still just such a fun song and it doesn't matter what he's singing. But here you can tell he's trying to say something important. And in each individual section, he's saying something important, but it's 
it's like an essay that he didn't edit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like every paragraph means something, but the paragra- but each paragraph to each paragraph are coming together. And again, it's like me trying to explain this stuff in an extemporaneous manner on a podcast. So we get the chorus again, then the pre-chorus, and then the outro. Wit, yeah, wit's all been done before. Yeah, we do something to death, and then we dig it up just to do it some more. Ooh, that's my motto. Wit, yeah, wit's all been done before. (laughs) Yeah, we do something to death, and then we dig it up just to do it some more. Because, you know, there's nothing beats a dead horse like beating one. What is that? (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing worse than beating a dead horse than betting on one. Why can I not get this? The only thing worse than beating a dead horse is betting on one. Thank you. And with that, we're going to take our break and we'll come back with a very short deep dive and then whatever Danny has for YouTube. Thank you so much for listening to Sadie Hawkins Pod. If you want to join the conversation, please contact us with thoughts on this episode, your corrections, and your Reliant K memories at our voicemail line, 402-95-SADIE. Or send an email to sadiehawkinspod at gmail.com. You can also visit our socials. Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok are all at Sadie Hawkins Pod, where you can see the visuals we discuss on the podcast each week. You can also visit sadiehawkinspod.com for easy access to all these links, as well as our merch store for shirts, mugs, and stickers. And on Facebook, search for Sadie Hawkins Group to discuss our show and Reliant K. It's admin by Danny, so honestly, you can probably post almost anything there. We also want to thank our patrons at patreon.com slash sadiehawkinspod, who include Samantha, Matthew, Bjorn, Emily, Isaac, Kindle, Joshua, Daniel, Jay, Joel, Connor, Michael, Samantha, Jimmy Eat Pod, This Might Be a Podcast, Tucker, and Brady. Join our Patreon now for two monthly bonus episodes. Unlock dozens of existing bonus apps, including K is for Karaoke songs, every chapter of the complex infrastructure known as the Female Mind Book, stickers, guitar picks, and a special Patreon-exclusive shirt when you have donated a lifetime contribution of $60. Whether you join the Patreon or not, we appreciate that you have a lot of choices for podcasts out there in the world, so it's nice that you chose us. Thanks. So we have song meetings this week, and that's it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm on song meetings right now because oh, that's the only go. place I could find the lyrics. <laughs> well, they were up on Genius. Now look, now that you're there... Because we're all getting tired of the media. Bridge. Bridge? Bridge 30 seconds into the song? I love that it's like... January 2nd, 2005. General comment from... S-N-E-S-S-K. Snick, I guess. I agree. (laughs) Uh, La Fonda on January 22nd, 2005 said, Indeed. Uh, Clutter on September 5th, 2006 said, same here. (laughs) XAQ27 on November 13th, 2007 said, what does wits mean anyway? And there's a reply to that from Deeper Meanings 15 that says, wit is another word for cleverness or originality. So he is saying... We just keep doing the same things over and over again, so we don't have to risk doing anything that's new or different. Now, let me actually look up the definition of the word wit. 
Because is it a synonym for words like that, or is it actually have a slightly different meaning? Wit, the natural ability to preserve and understand. Hmm. Well, there's got to be a second definition. No, pre- preserve. Sorry. Just leave that in. Whatever. Wit's all been done. <laughs> Wit, the natural ability to perceive and understand. See, I did not perceive that word correctly. It's so wit is just basically like Is there not a second definition? There is practical intelligence, shrewdness right. or resourcefulness. Like, clever, yeah. Sound mental facilities, sanity. The ability to express oneself intelligently. Well, wit's never been done before from my case. In a playful or humorous manner, often in an overturning audience expectation. In an overturning audience expectation. So interesting to see what I feel like is the most common use of the word wit. In this case, from Wordnik, the American Heritage Dictionary, 5th edition. What I think most people would think of the word wit as like wittiness, cleverness to an audience. That's the fourth definition, hmm. according to this particular dictionary that comes up from uh, DuckDuckGo. <laughs> That's what I used to search this. <laughs> oh, so you're not even on like dictionary.com? <laughs> yeah, but the first def- the first definition is a natural ability to perceive and understand intelligence, just like just like a mental resourcefulness, just like you see things, like a like a just it's it's not about what you say and how you come across. And are you original? Like, it doesn't seem like wit is actually a synonym for originality or direct artistic cleverness. Our, a wit is just like you are an astute, observant, intelligent person. That's all wit really means. And I guess that then manifests itself through artistic cleverness. But, you know, you have to start with wit before you become artistically clever. Wit itself at least according to this particular definition I see, wit itself is not the artistic cleverness. Sure. Golden so, underscore child on November 24th, 2007 said, wit, it's a play on the saying, it's all been done before. Basically, the song is saying that all the commercials and media and stuff try to be witty, but they aren't very original. I don't think he's necessary. Well, yeah, he is probably saying that. He's not necessarily... That's not the thrust of the song. He's not saying commercials and television and stuff try to be original, but they fail. He's saying everybody does. He points his finger at himself a bunch in this song, and he says, like, I want to... He's basically saying, I want to write music that's going to challenge you, and I want to write music that's going to be interesting and expand your mind, but I can't do it because I'm stuck in this mold that I'm in. That's what he's really talking about. Brem on July 31st, 2008 said, this song is about becoming yourself and not conforming to the things you see in the popular media. Amy O.O. on... I can agree with that. Amy O. on January 1st, 2009 said, ingenious. And then... Macter on August 9th, 2014 said, there's nothing new under the sun is a fairly constant refrain from Ecclesiastes, a book from the Old Testament. Um, I think you'll find it's from Song of Solomon. (laughs) 
And that's what I've got. I don't know if you found any live performances, but I did not get like set list, no. F- set list FM listings come no, up. No, there's this definitely week for nothing. Dive. There's definitely nothing live for this song. I do think it's like musically, it's fun. Musically, it's it's a Blink One Eight Two song. It's a skate punk song. It's also not just a Blink One Eight Two song. Like this is this the, this particular sound that people associate with Blink One Eight Two. What does that come? It's like that's really like Blink One Eight Two ripping off like Big Drill Car and stuff. Like sort of the basis of of Blink One Eight Two comes from other skate punk. So you know, this is based off of this is a fun skate punk like song with a rather erratic scattershot message that clearly is trying to say something um and it's it's a successful failure in my book this isn't the wrap-up but i'm just saying that to say that ryan k clearly had no intention of necessarily playing this song live like this is just some filler material this was a a chance at doing something i think i feel like it's pretty likely that they recorded the song to try to put on the album and realize it didn't work out throw it to the ep no plan to play it live because they never did. I couldn't find any proof that they played it live. And in fact, there's only one video I found that directly ties in to Wits All Been Done Before. And it's a it's a cover artist on YouTube that we've all been talking about before. Here he is once again. It's the Bobby Moon. Oh nice. Bobby And I've noticed over the years that Bobby Moon has a number of different accounts. I don't know if he gets locked out of them or something, but this one is on the Intimate Destruction YouTube channel from only four years ago, around the time we started this podcast. Oh, wow. Wait, we started this podcast four years ago? No, we started in 2019. I was going to say. I keep forgetting... We're in our fourth year. We started the podcast about three years and a couple months ago. We're in the fourth year. So this was recorded about a year before we started the podcast. only half the cover i love the mushroom art behind him (laughs) i love his sunglasses and his haircut (laughs) this is fantastic i love it I love it. Shoehorning the God part in. We didn't even talk about the God part, but it's funny that like in this song, there is that line about like, I'll just do what my God tells me to. Good. 
good for you. It just doesn't feel like the song itself is a Christian song. It's, it's a song about oh, is artistic. It not, is it not gut? Because that's what it's listed as on Genius. Oh my gosh. Is it really say that? Yes. Wow. I always thought he was saying, I'll just do what my God tells me to. I just assume- maybe it is, but that's I'm just telling you what it was listed as on uh, on Genius. I read over it just a little bit ago. It. I guess it's gut. That's so funny. I know I wasn't even paying attention when you read the lyric uh, like twenty minutes ago, but it's. I guess it's what my gut tells me to. Leave it to me to be like, no, it's the reference to God, (laughs) to not try to remove the reference to God. But I always thought he was saying, I'll just do what my God tells me to. Like, I'll just do what I'm called to do. It would make sense. Both make sense because the song itself is about an artist feeling lost and uncertain if he'll ever say anything worth saying. I think that's what the song's really about. I think the other stuff about the media and how it's about the media tries to make you be something. I think that's a that's a that's another theme of it, but ultimately I think the song is about an artist who feels lost and doesn't know if he has anything worth saying. So to say, I'll just do what my gut tells me to, that makes sense. But then I always just thought he was saying I'll just do what my god tells me to. Especially because I had read interviews in the first three gears of the band at the time that they considered themselves to be a mission, a, a mission they, right. th- that they were doing this to get to help get people saved. Now, whether or not they fully believe because and then they kind of stopped doing that around the time of. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, it makes sense that they would do what their God tells them to their God tells them to just keep doing it, keep be in this band because you're out there for a mission but wow wow i'm shaken to my core my faith is shattered will i pass this test in my faith where i thought that the song wits all been done before was a christian song and it turns out no it's just a secular song about complaining about the media secular songs can complain about how the media just tries to get you to like things that's not a christian specific theme yeah you and your church and your church community, they're like, don't listen to the media. Don't watch movies. They just want to fill your heart with sin. People in the world itself feel the same way about the media. That's why they have parents' guides that have no religious affiliation. Anyway, you enjoying play- Are you enjoying playing with those new stickers? Those hot off the presses Sadie Hawkins pod stickers? At patreon.com slash Sadie Hawkins pod. I mentioned, mentioned this at the top of the show when we talk about how we're going to be you know, guaranteeing that we have more Patreon episodes, but I bought new stickers with our new yellow and baby blue logo, baby blue, (laughs) because we're having a baby. (laughs) Yeah. Well, what's, you know what I realized is like, so I got tired. I didn't talk about the new design of the new logo, but I got tired after a while because originally you our, got tired of the media. I got tired of the media on social media and our icon and our avatar. I got tired of seeing the plain old white on the plain old sort of deeper blue. I don't know what you'd call the our, our original blue. I got tired of that. And I was like, I want to change it up. So I got like a, I, I created this sort of like construction paper background. I created that bitmap myself out of some Photoshop tools 
used like a baby blue background, used the yellow font, same font we always had. I brought the letters in closer to each other, and then I put them at a slant, because I realized the original Reliant K Cooper font, this is the Cooper font, which is famous as the Beach Boys used it. When Reliant K put the Cooper font on two lefts, they had it at a slight incline. I'm like, our logo all this time should have had a slight incline. So I put it on a slight incline. Well, when you print these on a sticker, like, you don't know you're supposed to turn it a little bit. It's because right. it's just a round sticker. So you could just put this down and stick it on something and have it be level with the ground. So uh, there's no, no way to tell you're supposed to turn it at a slight, like, four degree angle. Anyway, speaking of, before we get into the last segment of the episode, there's something else we should have mentioned. Speaking of our logo, someone out there, you know, if if we're taking a little bit, if we're going to be doing half the regular episodes that we used to do, someone else out there other than Josh, other than Reliable J could pick up the slack for us. And that's whoever Dan Bakaitis Pot is. Oh my gosh, that's right. Speaking of our logo, <laughs> somebody out there finally, after all these years, created a, a Twitter alt like to 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 like to to troll us. They called it Dan Bakaitis Pod. They took our logo, our newer logo, the yellow and baby blue construction paper one, and they created Dan Bakaitis Pod out of that. And then they just tweet at us with Joe. They don't even tweet at us. They just tweet, they subtweet us with jokes that relate to our podcast. Danny was reading me some. Some of them are really deep, like inside the pod. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, it could, I, so Jessica, we're not going to say who we think it could be because I'm sure we'll be wrong. And I don't want to be wrong if they're out there listening, but we know you're out there. And unless this is some sort of long con where you get comfortable with us, you were waiting for us to mention you on the show, and now you're going to start tweeting really awful stuff at us. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, you know, because we started this podcast as partially inspired by Blink-155, because I was tied in with that community, and I made friends... And, you know, we met David Park through that community of listeners to Blink-155. And the thing on Blink-155 in the fan community of that podcast was to create, like, crazy Twitter fan accounts off of weird themes. Like, I had Blink-155 sucks, and I had one... I had Blink-155 please play this one Blink-182... Please talk about this one Blink-182 song. It's about helicopters. So I just had to tweet about helicopters a lot of time. People had, like... I didn't have these ones. People had, like, Blink-155 piss and just, like, jokes about pee and Blink-155. There were, like, tons and tons of them. It's been years, and nobody had a joke account about us. Reliant K has joke accounts about them. Matt Thiessen's hair, Schneck's beard, Hoops' shoes... Ethan's nose, like whatever. Like well, there's a now million. Now we are finally among those prestigious ranks, <laughs> right? So we finally got a real troll fan account. I love it. I logged on to Twitter just to follow. <laughs> Let me read some of their tweets before we get to the last section. They don't even follow me, by the way, because they know enough to know that I'm not on Twitter <laughs> right now. <laughs> Oh, they just posted some new stuff three hours ago. Oh my goodness. They posted the the cover of Reliant K, the self-titled album, as if it was a Game Boy Color game. That's awesome. I love it. So they, they're, they're, oh my gosh, Danny, they're going to take away your, your job as the meme maker, the Reliant K meme maker. You're right, they are. 
Uh-oh. Well, I'm going to retweet... I'm going to retweet the one that's Reliant K and Knuckles. <laughs> it's Knuckles. <laughs> Why is Knuckles on a Game Boy game? <laughs> oh, man. You clearly know the way to Danny's heart. <laughs> Put a Sonic thing on it. <laughs> Dan Bakaitis Pod tweeted, Someone... Uh, this is like a little back and forth between a character called someone and someone and what am I trying to say? This is a dialogue between someone and me. Someone, do you want to go to a Christian concert with me? Me. Sure, smiley face. Someone, do you want to see a Christian movie with me? Me. Puke face, puke face, puke face. <laughs> Well, sadly, not inaccurate. Like, <laughs> and Dambakitis Pod just posted a picture of a "May the Horse Be With You" T-shirt that has nothing to do with Ryan K. Um, the song "May the Horse Be With You" has something to do with Reliant K. Congratulations, Dambakitis Pod tweeted around Christmas, and I missed this one. Congratulations to at Reliant K. They ad mentioned Reliant K for being one of the only Christian bands to not use the shipwreck ocean storm imagery in their songs about Jesus. I don't think that's something we've ever said. That's nope. a Dan Bakaitis Pod original, but yeah. it's pretty true. See, this started off as like a joke. Why are you not bringing it back to us? There's not nearly enough Sadie Hawkins Here's, Pod content, I must what say. What do you think of Forget and Not Slow Down? It's good, but I don't know why track 12 is a Justin Bieber cover. Because we talked about how the, the lyric sites and some of the shifty MP3 sites would have the wrong baby right. uploaded. Um, Mad Hoops is slowly turning me into a pedophile. We don't say that one. I know we don't. <laughs> that was your joke, and I was the one who was blushing. For folks new to Relying K, I recommend skipping the Burden of B-sides. It's just two EPs that don't really matter. See, they know my theory. Whoever this is is paying attention and knows my theory that the Nashville Tennis EP is a prequel to Forget and Not Slow Down. Right. A direct prequel to the story of Forget and Not Slow Down with some filler songs mixed in. Uh, why do all the songs on Forget and Not Slow Down have to be about chicks? <laughs> That's a quote I've directly said ironically because people have said it online unironically. So yeah, so someone out there, Dan Bakaitis Pod is uh is 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 creeping up. And before you know it, there'll be a feed, there'll be episodes. Oh my god. Whoever goodness. it is, they can put a vocorder on their voice so we don't can't tell who they are. Oh, I'm Dan Bakaitis Pod. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So we don't have any other covers other than Bobby Moon. So I pulled wow. I was so that's surprised. it. That's it. So I was like, well, since we don't have anything else, why don't we, and you know, wit's all been done before. Why don't we just do a couple of songs that we've done before? <laughs> so I pulled a bunch of uh, Relying K songs that we've already talked about. And these are covers that have come out over the last year. Oh, wow. So okay. these are covers that we probably didn't talk about when we did these songs because these covers weren't on YouTube at the time. So here's a cover of Be My Escape by Stephen Rubinsky. Stephen Robinsky. 
This is Be My Escape unfinished cover. It says it's unfinished, but it's three minutes long. So I don't know. I guess that might mean some tracks are missing. Let's check this out. I'm blending in so you won't even know me Apart from this world that shares my fate This one last bullet you mentioned It's my one last shot of redemption Cause I know to live you must give your life away I've been housing all this down And insecurity and I've been Super nice, I love Very the tone nice. on this yeah. yeah, I was a little, I felt a little shaky There was some atonal feeling in the in that first, like, what was that? Was that even a, a ukulele or just like a really highly pitched guitar? <laughs> like, oh, it just sounds like a guitar to me. Yeah, I did, it, it was a little atonal at the beginning, but then it got really sweet and deep there, and it, it just feels deep, feels nice. Not a, not emotionally or thematically deep. It's the same <laughs> song. I mean, like, there's a bassiness to it. I like it. Well, here's another cover that we have done before. This is a big one that came out a little while ago. This is Another Be My Escape by Alex Melton. Everyone was talking about this when this came out. Alex Melton does covers on YouTube, probably does other stuff. I'm not familiar with him until this came out. But a lot of people were already familiar with him. And this is his country-style cover of Be My Escape. lot of build up in this country version mm-hmm. now i'll say that when alex melton posted this a couple months ago how how long ago two months ago it the, the video is called reliant k goes country i'm like have you not heard bird and the b-sides there's two i think there's two country songs on there and in fact we joked about the fact that like google has it tagged as a country album Up slowly, I'm blending it so you won't even know me. Apart from the sorrow that shares my fate, this one last bullet you mentioned. It's not, is this country? I mean, I guess it is. It's got slide guitar in it. Right. But I feel like if you took that slide guitar out, it could just be like a nice folksy album, a nice folksy cover. Is this, I'm not expecting to be, it to be radio pop country, but it's not as country-ish as I expected. I listened to it at the time. Two months later, I'm listening to it with fresh ears, and I'm like, wait, this isn't as country as it felt originally. Let's skip about three minutes in. It's a six-minute version. Maybe there's a bunch of tags at the end of the YouTube video. Might be the death of me, and even no way of knowing where to go. vocals are country yeah the vocals are country it's, it's a nice, very it's light it's a lightly country cover to be honest it's it, it could be more countrified <laughs> more countrified 
It's a weird word that I just tried to make up. Like country is how I prefer my country. I'd prefer no country at all, but you know. This is no country for country men. <laughs> so here is an, here we'll just do a couple more. This is Lower Ground with a song we've already covered called High of 75. This is the cover of High of 75 by Lower Ground. Looking really for thought something. they were gonna go. Rawr. Yeah, I, I was so excited. I've said it. I want hardcore punk covers of Reliant K songs. We've only found a couple shreds of that idea over the years, You're and have we to do almost it yourself, got Dan. it. Man, I just and I and you can take hardcore however you want. You could do the metalcore thing. You could do the two thousands hardcore. You could do the I die for my crew. Like here in New York, I got my tattoos and my bros and my whiskey. You could do that kind of hardcore. You could do 80s hardcore. But I want hardcore punk full cover album of Reliant K. Ultimately, it'd be awesome if it was like, you know, every different style of hardcore punk in a different cover of Reliant K. That would be amazing. Well, this is cool, but like the vocals are normal and that's nice. It's nice, but I wanted the vocals to kind of match the aggression of what we heard at the beginning of the song there. I guess this kind of lost me there. I guess this is some of that easy core that I always hear about that I have technically listened to, but never knew it was called easy core. I was vibing up until that bit. (laughs) They're doing stuff. They're like they're 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 kind of a hardcore band with the with the more pop punk vocals. That's fine. I mean, that's cool. I like that they did that, but I, I wanted. I was hoping for something slightly different. So here's this. Here's the second to last cover. Here's another cover. This is a. You heard it there for a second. This is yeah. Bummin' by Dudley Do-Wrong. Nice. Let's see if he does wrong. Let's see if he does Bummin' wrong. And then we'll end with one more song after this. You can have my life. I'm sad. You can have the beat of my heart. You can be my light. It's eyes. You can be my spark in the dark. But if I'm out there acting the bum, I'll become one To know my frigid nights in the cold I would fall asleep on the lawn till the sun rose Fourteen karat gold You can have my life, I'm sad Awesome. 
Nice. I love that. Is Bummin' My Favorite Relying K song? <laughs> Is it? I don't know. Were you were you jamming? I feel like I feel like Bummin' is like a song that you almost can't cover badly, like because it's so it's great simple and perfect. I watched this YouTube video about Melt With You. I'll stop the world mm-hmm. and melt with you. That that's like actually one of the simplest songs in the world. But it feels complex. It feels big. But like there's barely any notes in it. (laughs) And how it's just like it's like nobody can do a bad cover of it because the register is also really simple for almost any singer. So I'm like, is bumming a song that you can't cover badly? Um, Here is the last cover. I lost it. Where did it go? Same album. Air for free. Instrumental cover. So, Jessica, while we chill out to some cool beats to study to (laughs) and are air for free, and we reflect on the fact that wit has all been done before, what do you think of the song Wit's All Been Done Before by Reliant K? Do you like it more, less, or the same than before we covered it this week? I like it a bit less. I also kind of like it a little bit less, although musically it's pretty solid. It's just like... You know, I've said it. I said it all before in the episode. You can go back and listen to it again and again and again. Like I know Dan Bakaitis Pod does. Listens to the same episodes over and over. Um, yeah. We all know that if there's one thing Danny loves more than beating a dead horse, it's betting on one. <laughs> that makes me sad. Poor dead horse. That makes me very sad, too. <laughs> That's the saddest Relying K song. Forget, <laughs> sa- forget Sahara. Yeah. <laughs> The the lion in Sahara was prideful, so now he's in the desert and he's dying. What did the horse do? What did the horse do? He just wanted to say... Reliant K has a, has a bad history with horses, to be fair. <laughs> well, we leave you on that. <laughs> so we will be back in two weeks talking about something what do you want to talk about next week oh i don't know next two weeks we we have to we have to go over the list we'll go over the list maybe now that we have two weeks to prepare episodes we can give you more of a heads up on what we're going to do next week my my cape is stuck in a phone booth (laughs) sure why not let's do it or should we wait until some superhero movie comes out to do that one? And uh, no, you never know what's gonna, how long that's going to take. Oh, I guess there's always Marvel. Yeah. Oh, wait. I didn't say this Air for Free instrumental cover is by Mailman108. Thank you, Mailman, for carrying us to the end of this episode. Thanks so much for listening. This is Have so, a great week. It's so chill. I'm going to put this on your belly. This will be our, <laughs> our kids' first introduction to Reliant K is through covers. <laughs> <laughs>